Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ball pit. It's finally Friday. It feels like this week has been dragging on for so long, but we're finally at the weekend. And this weekend, we've got the conference championships for the NFL, the last games before the Super Bowl. It's super exciting. We're also going to go over some current NFL headlines since we've only got two games to cover. That's all coming up on the ball pit. Let's dive in. All right, first off, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, the championship weekend. It's this weekend. It's going to be super exciting. I hope you guys are excited as I am. So let's start off with the first game, Bengals-Chiefs. Now, we all saw that Mahomes was injured, and we don't know exactly what was going to happen, but we just got word from Andy Reid that Mahomes will most definitely be starting in the conference championship game. That definitely puts a lot of Chiefs fans in a little bit more comfort than they were recently, but I still think the Bengals will beat them. The final score will be 30 to 21. Now, Joe Burrow, he's been looking a little iffy throughout the entirety of the NFL playoffs. He looked a lot better last week against Buffalo than he did against Baltimore in the wild card. Now, I don't really know what's going on if he just had a little bit of jitters going into the playoffs. I mean, it happens. It happens to the best of players. But I think he's going to see this as a real opportunity to step up. He's going to have over 225 passing yards and two-plus touchdowns this game. Now, I don't know if he'll rush for one, but I think he'll definitely pass for a touchdown, maybe even have a rushing one too. But I do think he will have two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, he's going to have over 100 yards receiving, and he will have one of Joe Burrow's touchdowns. And we saw all the way in his rookie year against the Chiefs, he had a spectacular game, over 200 yards receiving, two or three touchdowns, I think. He's going to channel that Jamar Chase against the Chiefs into this conference championship game. And Joe Mixon, I think much like the game against the Buffalo Bills last week, the Bengals are going to pull ahead early, and they're going to have a pre- comfortable lead going into halftime so then they'll really pound the rush with Joe Mixon he'll have over 90 yards and a touchdown as well now we don't need to discredit the Chiefs as well they're a, a very good team and obviously Patrick Mahomes is the front runner for MVP honestly he should be in the discussion for offensive player of the year as well it's very rare to see a player win both of those awards I think it's interchangeable between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Jefferson. I think Patrick Mahomes will win MVP as we all have seen over the course of the past 10, 15 years, the MVP has become more of a quarterback award than anything. And I know it's come under scrutiny for that, but I think it makes sense. I mean, if you look at what it means, most valuable player, the MVP award, you really can only have a quarterback, a running back or a wide receiver win that. And most usually, the captain of the offense, or the one who runs it, the one who can call plays, the one who's in direct communication with their head coach or offensive coordinator, is the quarterback. So I understand why some people are a little upset that quarterbacks win the award year in and year out, but it just makes sense because of the nature of the award. The quarterback is one of the most important players on that field. It makes sense why a quarterback would win that award. But I think Patrick Mahomes has the MVP almost all but locked up. I think Justin Jefferson will get the Offensive Player of the Year. Regardless of the awards, Patrick Mahomes, he'll still pass for over 200 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets over 250 either. He just makes plays. 
no team has really found a good way to stop Patrick Mahomes in the year that in the years that he's been. Now he got shut down by Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl a couple of years back, but still, he's just a phenomenal player. He's one of the most skilled players in the NFL, and he will be for a long time. So he'll have over 200 passing yards. He'll have a touchdown or two, but I think he'll also throw an interception. And I think he'll do so in a really crucial time of the game. Maybe a little later in the second half when the Chiefs are trying to build up momentum. Maybe they just scored and they're getting close to the Bengals. They need to get momentum up and he throws an interception and just totally kills the drive. Or maybe it'll come super early in the game where let's say the Bengals have like a 10-0 lead. Chiefs are driving ready to put this back to one possession game. He throws an interception. Bengals score off of it, and then the game just becomes even more out of reach for the Chiefs. Forcing turnovers is one of the main things the Bengals have to do to be able to win this game because we've seen before that if the Chiefs get thrown off balance, it can be a real upwards battle for them, especially with their defense. Their defense is young. Now they've got some really good players like Chris Jones, an amazing defensive tackle. But you can't rely on your defense all game or else you're going to lose the game. You can't have your defense out at all times. And that's what the Bengals have been able to do during the playoffs. Not as much versus the Ravens, but especially versus the Bills. They had the Bills defense on their heels the entirety of the game. The The Bengals defense shut down the Bills offense. And then that Bills defense just got so tired throughout the entirety of the game that they just couldn't keep up with the Bengals offense anymore. And that's what won them that game. If the Bengals can do the same game plan that they had against the Bills, against the Chiefs, I think they'll be very successful, and I think they'll win this game. Isaiah Pacheco, he's going to have at least 100 yards rushing. Now, I will have to say this, just take all my takes here with a grain of salt. I'm not a betting person. I wouldn't put money on these. This is just what I'm predicting just for fun for this podcast. So don't get mad at me if you go to FanDuel or something and, and put money on these and lose a lot of money. Don't do that. I'm telling you, don't do that. This is not for money lines. This is not for gambling. This is just me predicting some stat lines for the players. But back to Isaiah Pacheco. 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Now, I only have the Chiefs scoring three touchdowns. I think Patrick Mahomes will be responsible for one of those, maybe even two. I think Isaiah Pacheco will have one and probably a, a McKinnon touchdown in there as well. I think that's pretty reasonable. I think they'll have a really good game. And Travis Kelsey, he's going to have probably around 100 yards receiving, maybe a little less. I might lean towards 75 or 50, but he's still going to have a good game. And I think that touchdown that Patrick Mahomes throws will be to him as well. So overall, it's going to be a really good game. I hope to see a very stout Bengals defense because that's what won them the game against Buffalo last week. If they continue that great defensive play this week, they'll be really successful against the Chiefs, and they will win 30-21. to Now, moving on to our other game, Eagles 49ers. This is going to be a defensive battle. I can already see it. I mean, any game that the 49ers are in, there's going to be a huge defensive aspect to it because they have undoubtedly the best defense in the league. I do still have the Eagles winning here 24-17. to Jalen Hurts, he's going to have over 150 passing yards. He's going to have over 30 rushing yards, and he's going to have two total touchdowns. We've seen throughout the NFL season, 
Jalen Hurts has proven that he is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league. He's so good with his legs. He's so good at improvising. We haven't really seen a quarterback like him in a while. I know a lot of comparisons are going back to Mike Vick in the early 2000s. He just knows how to move and he knows where to move as well. We've seen with Justin Fields even. Justin Fields has been showing that he's a real dual threat. These two guys play very similarly and I love the way they play. Jalen Hurts, he really doesn't like to have a dead play. He thinks at any point throughout the offensive play, he can go for positive yardage. Even if it's a run play, he's ready to block. He's ready to get in there, get in the dirt, and help his team win games. And that's the kind of leader this Eagles team really needed. I'm so glad to see him step up and be that good quarterback we all knew or we all hoped he was going to be coming out of college at Oklahoma and Alabama. Miles Sanders, the Penn State boy, he's going to have over 50 yards, and he's also going to have a touchdown. Now, we didn't see him pretty much at all in the divisional round. So it was a little underwhelming for Miles Sanders fans to see how he operated throughout the playoffs, but I think he's going to step up this game. He's going to have a pretty good rushing game, probably average around four yards per rush, maybe three but he's still going to do really good, and he's going to punch in a goal line touchdown for the Eagles. A.J. Brown, he's also going to have over 50 yards, but receiving yards, obviously. A.J. Brown, he's just an ag catch machine. He is so big. He's so fast. He's so versatile. He's He's like a Swiss Army knife. If you have a receiver as good and as talented and as built as A.J. Brown, you got to have him be effective in the passing game and the Eagles have definitely figured out how to make him effective and he definitely will be effective against the 49ers now going to the other side Brock Purdy he's going to have over 200 yards passing he has continuously proven that he's a solid quarterback now I did see that I forget who did it but ranked Brock Purdy above Jalen Hurts for remaining quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs. I just don't understand that whatsoever. First off, Brock Purdy is still super young. Now, no discredit to him. He's young, but he's played out of his mind so far. I really don't want to take too much away from him just because of his age, but he doesn't have the rushing game that Jalen Hurts has, and that's what sets him apart. I know people are going to argue that the rushing game shouldn't really be a big factor in a quarterback's play, but as we've seen throughout the NFL as a whole, since it was created. If you have both a good passing quarterback and a rushing quarterback, your your offense will just be so dynamic that it'll be hard to stop. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen at this point, they don't really rush a lot, but they're both really big bodies and they both know how to move the ball well. Like Josh Allen isn't afraid of contact. He'll hurdle, he'll try to run through defenders. He's not afraid of anything. And that's what makes him a very special player. He's fearless, even in the rushing game. So Brock Purdy doesn't really have that really stout, good rushing quality in his quarterback play yet. Now, maybe he'll start to develop that as he gets more used to being a starter. But I wouldn't put Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts in total quarterback rankings. That's just insane to me. Jalen Hurts just has that little extra aspect of the rushing game, as well as really good weapons 
with Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. That just puts him over the edge of Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey. Now, we also saw another injury. He said that there is zero chance that he is sitting out the NFC Championship game. And I would be in the same boat with him, even if I was in total amounts of pain. There's no way that I would miss this game. But I think he's going to prove everybody wrong. He's going to say, you know what? I don't care that I'm injured. I'm still going to go off. He's going to have around 100 rushing yards, and he's also going to have a touchdown. He's going to have a really good game, and so will Debo Samuel. I have him at 75-plus receiving yards and a touchdown that Brock Purdy throws to him. Debo Samuel has proven that he's a quality wide receiver. Now, he had a really big regression year this year versus how he was playing last year. He was in the Offensive Player of the Year discussion. But Debo Samuel, especially in the playoffs, he's proven that he's really good. He had that phenomenal game against Seattle. He had that, I think it was a 74-yard receiving touchdown. He's so well fit for any kind of offensive scheme. I think he'll be very good in this NFC battle as well. But still, Eagles are going to come out on top only by one touchdown, only by one score. 24-17 will be your final. And my Super Bowl prediction, it still stands as of the conference championship weekend. Bengals-Eagles. I hope to see it. All right, now let's head over to the new segment of this episode. Starting off with good old A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers. He's still questioning playing the 2023 season, but we all saw the Stephen A. Smith clip. Rumblings of him coming to the Jets are starting to heat up and heat up a lot at that point. People are discussing, should the Jets go all in for him? Now, what the Packers would be asking for Aaron Rodgers in a trade, potentially, I have absolutely no idea. Because you have to be a little cautious with a quarterback at his age. I would assume probably two first-round picks, maybe even three, couple second-round picks, maybe a player or two, maybe a wide receiver going to the Packers since we all know they're lacking in that part of their offense a little bit besides Christian Watson, who is an absolute touchdown machine. But I think maybe like an Elijah Moore trade or a Corey Davis trade, something like that, that goes to the Packers in return for Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know if the Jets should go all in with Aaron Rodgers because they're one of the youngest teams in the league. They have... Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year candidates. They got Brees Hall coming back from injuries who, if he wasn't injured, he would be an Offensive Player of the Year candidate and might have even have it locked up by the end of the season with how he was playing. So I would almost like to see them draft quarterback, not early, maybe take one late, but draft a quarterback, try and develop him before picking a Rodgers trade or maybe pick a Rodgers trade after you draft somebody and you realize this isn't working out. Let's trade Zach Wilson or let's trade whoever we drafted, like Hendon Hooker, for example. Let's let's draft him, see if he develops. If he's good, we'll start him. If not, we'll trade him. And then maybe take the Aaron Rodgers trade. But I would more see Aaron Rodgers fit like an Indianapolis Colts kind of thing. Now, I know there's been discussions of Derek Carr going to the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's nothing but speculation at this point, but obviously the Colts are looking for a real quarterback, but they also have a good pick in this year's draft. So they'd still be in the runnings for someone like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. They could very easily pick them. And I think they will, 
but that's for another episode. Of course, we'll go through the whole first round of the NFL draft, but still very interesting to see what the jets are going to do. I would like to see them keep their team young, but on the contrary, it might be nice to bring in a real seasoned veteran and have him teach all these young kids how to really play in the NFL and really take that next step. I don't know, not necessarily for the Aaron Rodgers trade, but it's definitely something to keep your eyes on. Mike LaFleur is headed to the Rams as a new offensive coordinator. Now, he was just with the Jets, and there was a little bit of sketchiness when he was leaving some of the wide receivers. Now, I'm not going to name any names. Don't want to get yelled at. But some of the wide receivers weren't very happy with how the offensive scheme was going on. But we saw at the beginning of the NFL season when they were like, Six and one, and or seven and one, or something like that. The offense was just clicking, they were on a complete another level. So, I think Michael Fleur is going to find a really good home in Los Angeles, and he's hopefully going to reinvigorate this Rams offense. And that's another thing that I want to talk about. What are we going to see from the quarterback situation in LA? I don't think anybody's been discussing this, but. Matthew Stafford's getting old. Now, he did get injured, so I'm not going to discredit him. But he's getting old. He might start to show his age a little bit, especially with injuries. He might just become very injury-prone and might not be a good, suitable quarterback for the Rams. So is Baker Mayfield going to step up? Is he going to start a couple games? Is he going to just ride the bench until Matthew Stafford gets hurt or just doesn't perform well? Or are we going to see a just classic quarterback duel for the QB one situation in Los Angeles. It's definitely something to keep your eyes on because I think Baker Mayfield has a real shot at taking Matthew Stafford's job. I'm not going to say it's a good shot, but there's a chance. And the Panthers hire Frank Reich as their head coach. Their first ever franchise quarterback is coming back to Carolina as the head coach. Now, people were absolutely flaming him for the past couple of years because of how the Colts were doing with weapons like Michael Pittman Jr. and especially Jonathan Taylor. You'd expect them to be better, but he's been dealing with a quarterback carousel like no other team has in the past couple of years. It's been ridiculous. So I don't want to knock Frank Reich as bad as other people do. I think he's going to be successful in Carolina, especially with a team that he's familiar with, with an organization that he's familiar with. And like I said a couple of episodes ago, this team is really a good quarterback away from competing, especially in a really weak NFC South division. <clears throat> we don't know what's going to happen to Tom Brady. We've heard discussions of him retiring again, him maybe returning to Tampa Bay, or him going somewhere like the Raiders if Derek Carr leaves. So, Regardless of if Tom Brady stays in the NFC South or not, we saw they won with an 8-9 and nine record. It's a weak division. If the Panthers get a good head coach, which they did in Frank Reich, and pick up a good quarterback, whether that be in the draft or free agency or trade, they're going to be a good team. And I think they're a real candidate to win the NFC South next year. Now, Robert Quinn, after having multiple asks and a couple interviews, of a head coaching position, he's staying as a Cowboys defensive coordinator. And I love this decision. I mean, we've seen that aside from the 49ers defense, this defense is the one to be rivaled with. They are scary, scary good. 
And I think Robert Quinn is a really big piece of that. We all know that he was the Falcons head coach for a couple of years, and he had that disastrous Super Bowl loss against Tom Brady and the Patriots. So maybe that's kind of weighing in his decision a little bit. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to be a head coach again. I don't know if I can lead an entirety of a team, but I know I'm a really good defensive coordinator. I have a really good racket going on here in Dallas. I'm going to stay here. I think that's a great option for him. I'm really excited to see how this defense could potentially step up from their level of production that they had this year, next year. And the last little tidbit of news here, does Dallas draft a quarterback? We all know Dak's Prescott situation is a little iffy. We saw that he did really good against Tampa Bay, five total touchdowns, and then we saw him fall off a cliff and go back to being sloppy, messy, indecisive Dak Prescott that we saw this regular season of the NFL. He led the league in total interceptions, and he missed five games. So we've obviously seen he's definitely regressed from when he was younger and was a candidate for Offensive Player of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year. So does Dallas draft a quarterback? They have pick number 26 and pick number 58. So I'm assuming people like Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and maybe even Hendon Hooker would still be available. Now, Hendon Hooker is probably going to be a little bit of a late pick, but as with Anthony Richardson. Now, a couple people are predicting he'll go in the late first round, early second round, even some going as high as 20 with the Seattle Seahawks picking him. And Will Levis, he's also someone to talk about a little bit. He's number three in the big board in total quarterbacks behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I don't know if I would put his skill set over Anthony Richardson, but at the same time, you just can't know. Like we saw with Malik Willis last year, we thought he was going to be incredible, a top five pick maybe, and he fell all the way down to the Titans. So you just can't really tell, especially this early in the drafting sequence. I think it'd be a good idea for Dallas to draft a quarterback. Not necessarily an early quarterback, but just get a little bit of a safety net, especially with Dak potentially being in a big trade package. You're left with Cooper Rush. Now we saw he did pretty well in the regular season when Dak was out, but is he a franchise quarterback? I don't think so. I'd like to see the Dallas Cowboys get a little bit of a safety net and draft a quarterback. They could probably pick up Hendon Hooker in like the third or maybe even fourth round if they so please, because I don't think he's very high on anybody's board at this moment. Or they could wait till next year and pick up someone like Bo Nix out of Oregon. It's a very interesting quarterback situation in Dallas, and it's a very interesting quarterback situation for a lot of teams. I think we could see a lot of different moves happening this offseason and, of course, with the NFL draft. So that is the end of the ball pit, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will be back again on Monday to talk about the actual outcomes of the championship games. Hope you guys have a great weekend.